Support for LAist comes from Apple TV Plus, presenting Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, starring Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, Anna Sawai, and Godzilla. Two siblings follow in their father's footsteps to uncover his involvement with Monarch, a secretive organization connected to Godzilla. TV Line says this series is incredible, and Empire roars that it's epic. Following this podcast, you can hear remarks by father and son acting duo Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell and executive producer Chris Black. More on Monarch Legacy of Monsters at fyc.appletvplus.com. Hi, everybody. From LAS Studios, I'm John Raby. Over more than 10 years and almost 600 episodes, Off-Ramp told the untold stories of LA's people and places. And you know what? Great stories never die. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, welcome to Off-Ramp. Pepe Aguilar, welcome to Off-Ramp. This is Betty White, and you're listening to Off-Ramp. We're looking into a bomb shelter. People really remember the Atomic Cafe. We say tomato. They say tomato. Knocks him cold with one punch. You're listening to Off-Ramp with John Raby. Whoa, 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 he's a Raby. It's nine years of me screaming at him till his hair flies off. You know, I mean, it's a lot. I never stopped doing mariachi. I never stopped being on this Mexican side of myself. Never. I have friends who ask me, why do I still live in South L.A.? You know, it's home. Thanks for joining me as we dip into the Off-Ramp archive and explore Southern California together on Off-Ramp. I think I'm talking to two groups of people today. The first group of people listened to Off-Ramp, the radio show, and it was on for like 11 years on KPCC. You guys can skip ahead about 30 or 45 seconds if you want and get to the good stuff. But if you're brand new to Off-Ramp, let me just take a second to introduce you to the show. This was a news and art show that basically gave me the excuse to walk around Southern California with a microphone and explore all of the people and places and ideas that make this such a great, fascinating, frustrating, interesting place to live. We got out in the street and we explored the place. That was the whole thing that we did. And the idea of this podcast is to play you the absolute best from those 11 years and 570 episodes of Off-Ramp. Uh, the, the piece I've picked for this, the, the premiere episode of Off-Ramp, it started from, it was either a text or an email from my friend Chris, who said, Hey John, my brother-in-law and his wife just bought a house in the valley with an untouched fallout shelter in the backyard. That was a no-brainer, and here's the piece we did in 2013. In the wake of disaster... You are about to enter upon probably the most difficult and yet most important period of your life. When to escape the effects of radioactive fallout for perhaps as long as the next two weeks, you will be deprived of all the conveniences of modern life until the passage of time has decayed radioactive substances and fallout to a point where it will be safe for you to take up your life where you left it. This is Off-Ramp. I'm John Raby. I'm in the backyard of a house somewhere in the Deep Valley with Charles Phoenix. Hi, Charles. Hi. 
What is this, a time capsule, a time warp? It's all of the above. We're looking into a bomb shelter, the interior of which is untouched since this house was built. This is way deeper than I thought, way darker, way more cobwebs, way dirtier, and way scarier than I ever imagined that it was going to be. Are you sure we want to go in? Yep. Actually, I rigged up some lights and stuff down in there. So go ahead, Charles. Charles is going down the stairway now. Uh, ah. Ah. Then you just go backwards. Okay, I got it. Down the hallway. Go toward the light. Go toward the light. All right. I'm going down there with the microphone. All right. Um. Now here we are. We're with Chris Kasich, who just bought this house a couple months ago. Right. Well, we yeah. bought this bomb shelter, and it came with a house. So but when, when you, you, you came and looked at this house and you discovered it had a bomb shelter, what were your first impressions? What were your first thoughts about that? It's pretty cool. Um, the interesting thing is that we weren't allowed to see the bomb shelter for liability reasons. Oh. So it wasn't until after we finally settled in that we could come down and take a look. As you can see, it's, it's pretty spectacular. This room is about, I would say, 12 by 12, so it's kind of roomy. There are shelves on one side. There are a couple of bunk beds that are actually just doors. They're just uh, solid core doors that are, that are hung up by chains, and you let it down when you want to use it as a bunk bed. Uh, the, the, the floor is cement, and then there's plywood on all the walls, but I assume the, the walls behind that are concrete. We have an air uh, pump over on the, on the side of one wall that will suck air in from the outside, but then also filter it, and then there's an a, a, a outtake valve uh, on the other wall. Up top, Charles and I called it a time capsule uh, or, yeah. or a time warp because right. everything is still down here yeah. that the original owners put down here. Right. Uh, and we're, you know, we've left it untouched. I mean, we haven't, it's, it's as is. I don't think anybody's really been down here since uh, the 60s. I do want to point out that uh, KPCC photographer Mae Ryan is here and she is documenting our visit. So you can see all those photos at kpcc.org slash offramp. This is frankly a little more exciting than the Alexandria Hotel Frozen Wing. There is stuff here. I'm excited to photograph it. That'll be at kpcc.org slash offramp. On a clipboard, there is an old pad of lined paper with a little perpetual calendar device up on top that runs through what year? 1958 to 1985. With I think it's probably the- for suicide notes. <laughs> yeah, your last words, I guess, right? If you had to come down here... Uh, it'd be pretty scary out there, you know, and uh, he might want to say something, write a letter to somebody or, you know, that's why they have the, the paper and the pills, you know. Charles. I'm feeling very comfortable down here. Number one, the walls and the ceiling are mint green, which is a, <laughs> such a 1962 color. And then it's a major lesson in a graphic design of products. I mean, the packaging is incredible. Look at this Kleenex towels. The artwork on that is gorgeous. Economy size Kleenex towels. Queen's Pride facial tissues. Triple ply facial tissues. I mean, look at that artwork. Gorgeous. Wouldn't be long. Too many days down here before you'd be blowing your nose in your sleeve. Yeah, I mean, there'd probably be a lot of crying, too. Luxura Dectoline by Arrow. And this is like a box with, a, what are these, long wool socks and the most beautiful pair of yellow argyle socks I've ever seen. Pure wool. Oh, and look at right down here, you guys. Look, this package of Dixie cups. I mean, this belongs in a museum. Well, this is practically a museum. It is a museum, I think, right? It's a time warp, which is better than a time capsule. This is Chris Murray, who happens to be Chris Atkasik's brother-in-law. This is a can, General Mills MPF, which stands for multi-purpose food. The label says protein-rich granules fortified with vitamins and minerals, pre-cooked, ready to eat. 
And then we've got a little Lipton tea to go along with that. It's called the Brisk Tea with 48 flow-through tea bags. I'm going to look at some of these drugs here. We have Salmonex, an aid to sleep. Secondal. Those are beautiful pills. Wow. Secondal, probably. Uh, This is for treating water in canteens. Unlabeled. Not sure what's going on in here. Do you want one, Rapey? No, I think something came off. That's probably just aspirin. Tums. We have very old Tums. Ladies might be more interested in this than the gentlemen, maybe. Sanitary pads, Charles. It's okay. We can say that on the radio. We can. We called Modest. All this packaging is beautiful. Look how that uh, matches the color of the, uh, you know, the the pinks and the uh, sort of seafoam greens. I know. Turquoise and, yeah, pinks and blues and and reds and yellows. Look at those napkins over there, those bright yellow napkins. This is like Andy Warhol red. I mean, think of that. Look at all that. (laughs) Andy Warhol would love it. He would. You'd have to be pretty optimistic to, to build a bomb shelter. You know what I mean? Because, so say there was a nuclear war. I mean, why would one want to go back out? into the world after that, you know. You know, people that built these probably thought that they were probably hopeful people, you know, and thought uh, that there'd be a chance that they could, you know, survive it and and go on, I guess. I don't know. What are you going to do with this place? We're just going to keep it as is. It's fine on its own and keep it for the next people, you know. Charles, how many of these do you think there are in the valley? You know, I have no idea, but I know in my running around Southern California for five zero years, this is only the second one I've ever encountered. So they're not that common. I'm sorry, I have a Harper's Magazine, December 1964. And these are the articles inside. The master spy who almost got away, what your doctor probably doesn't know about sex, the traffic and guns, a forgotten lesson of the assassination, and a way out of Vietnam. Those are all contemporary topics. This is an embodiment. This is a manifestation of the zeitgeist of the early 60s, right? When, when people were freaked out about the Soviet Union, seen as a real threat then. They'd been through World War II, which was more horrific than most people alive today actually remember. Then there was Korea. There was the start of Vietnam. I don't, I don't blame people for building a bomb shelter. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were scared, I guess. And it's fun for us to stand here right now and go look at the toilet paper that's pink and all that. But, um, you know, we, uh, I guess we should have a moment of uh, respect for their fear and be happy that we do not live in a world that, you know, we're worried we're going to get bombed every five minutes. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the reincarnation of Off-Ramp from LAS Studios. That piece originally aired in 2013, and to see May Ryan's photos, just use the link in the description. Coming up next week, I'm going to talk with Mexican musical icon Pepe Aguilar. Our theme music is from Fesslian Studios. I'm John Raby, and I'll see you next Friday on The Off-Ramp. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Support for LAist comes from Apple TV Plus, presenting Monarch Legacy of Monsters, starring Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, Anissa Y, and Godzilla. Father and son acting duo Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play older and younger versions of Lee Shaw, the founder of Monarch, a secretive organization connected to Godzilla. As actors and team players, Kurt and Wyatt have a lot in common. We've had a similar life. His game was hockey, mine was baseball. One point in our lives, it was how we were going to make our living. To apply that to our business, 
I don't know how to look at life other than as a as no, a win win lose ball ball game. I think we, we're the type of people that like we want to be impact players, and you want to help your club win every time you go out there. Whether that club's a movie set, a story you're telling, on the ice, on the baseball field. I think we realize that we are much more alike than we are different. <laughs> Here's executive producer Chris Black. I think it should be about this family. I think it should be about secrets. It should be about a pair of siblings discovering each other and discovering that their father could not be trusted and was not the man he said he was. That's what brings them together and sends them on a quest, if you will, to find out the truth about the family and their father. And it's that journey that takes you into the world of the monsters. For Kurt and Wyatt Russell, being so close helped them sort out how to both play the same character. We work together quite a bit. We work together well. What's been your most favorite part of the show? When I was working with you on trying to figure Lee Shaw out, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then taking it to the guys and saying, what do you think? Uh, who is this guy? What, where's he going to go? Where did he come from? And doing that, doing that with you, I've, I've actually never done that really with much with another actor, but I've never played the same, the same role. <laughs> with, you know. So that was fun. TV Line says Monarch Legacy of Monsters is incredible and Empire roars that it's epic. More on Monarch Legacy of Monsters at fyc.appletvplus.com.